Hello, everyone. This is Black Zyety, and I am Michelle. I'm Yvonne. And, of course, I have to introduce our international man of mystery, Michael, who is our always our favorite featured guest and our producer. Good evening. There he is. So, we would love for you to follow us. We are everywhere. You can find us at blackxiety.com. You can email us, because we would love to hear from you, at blackxiety at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at blackxiety. And, of course, the Apple podcast, Black Zyety. Let me spell it for you. B-L-A-X-I-E-T-Y. Because we're black, we're anxious, and every day we go out into this society. We're Black Zyety. You will not be able to stay home, brother. So it is Black parenthesis open parenthesis Panther close parenthesis History Month. Yes, and Marvel because they're ridiculous said, "You know what we're gonna do for Black History Month? We're giving you a superhero movie." And I, for one, am excited about <laughs> it. I'm, I'm very, very excited, excited about, about it. it. Black History Month is under-celebrated. And um, Black Panther, as a part of Marvel and as a character, just actually has a lot of tie-ins to to Black culture, and I think it's appropriate that it be released during Black History Month. It's it's a little on the nose, but yeah, it's appropriate. It is. It is a little little on the nose. Just, I mean, just a little (laughs) bit. But I mean, if they had released it in, like, March, we would have been like, what? Come on. <laughs> you should just go back the one month. So, Yvonne is very familiar with comic books, far more so than I am. So, tell us a little bit about the background of Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther was a character created in 1966. Um, he was first introduced in the Fantastic Four books. He is the first black superhero, right? And I say black superhero because later on, um, Falcon became the first African-American superhero. But Black Panther is the first black superhero. And he is the um, uh, he is the king of a country, an African nation. And it's important to know that Wakanda sits, you know, and the whole purpose of Wakanda and Black Panther throughout the years has sort of been this idea of showing a black man in power showing a country of black people that is sustainable on its own and has sort of avoided colonization. And uh, Black Panther was created by Stan Lee. And so I wanted to put this in the context of this is a black comic book character that was created by white com- by white, white creators, right? as most uh, comic book characters are. Even now, the majority of comic book creators and writers are uh, heterosexual, size white men. Right? And so, although Black Panther started the idea of diversity in comics, the diversity behind the scenes has still been at an issue. Even when you have people like Stan Lee, who for his time was very much uh, an ally, right? He published these things called Stan's Soapbox, where he talked about the importance of comics in the social justice movement and why they are important. Um, Black Panther sort of started as sort of started a trend of black comic book heroes in the 60s and 70s who were kind of black exploitation-y. Mm-hmm. You got Luke Cage came out of this era, Black Panther, uh, Black Lightning, 
all these characters sort of started a trend of what black men were and their power was their superpower was directly linked to their blackness in a way that Cyclops just gets to be Cyclops. Black Panther has to be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, black Lightning has to be Black Lightning. And so their power is linked to the color of their skin. Mm. And that's, it's so interesting because when I think about, um, of course, one of my favorite athletes, Jackie Robinson, his skill, I mean, first of all, he was a phenomenal athlete. But his skill is always linked to his race. Kind of like Black Panther, Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. It's always, the, the two can't be separated. And so I just, I wonder what that does or what, what that implies for Black folks when it comes to achievement. I, I think early on there was this idea of, okay, well, he's Black, so he's different. So we're going to have to make his skill. They 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 wanted to be inclusive, mm-hmm. but at the same right. time they still wanted to be like okay, his blackness is important because it differentiates him from everybody else. And True. so if you look at a lot of these characters, their skills are all about strength. Um, Luke Cage is strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Lightning, his, his, his the lightning comes from him in times of anger or when he's upset. And so their skills are always linked to the idea of what we view black men to be. At the time. Now, mm-hmm. these characters have sort of seen a resurgence in the past year. Luke Cage has a TV show. Black Lightning has a TV show. Black Panther obviously has a movie. And you can sort of see throughout history, as more people of color began to write for these characters, and as we changed our opinions about what black men can be, they've changed in many ways. What What do you think it reflects from the people who... What do you think it tells about the people who created these characters, though, that... Did, did it come from a place of trying to amplify the movement or was it just a good character? Hmm. I don't want to put words in their mouth because I think it could have been both. I don't think, I think, I don't think Stan Lee created Black Panther to mock black men, right? But I also don't, I also think that Stan Lee is a white guy who may not have understood, who may have only understood the experiences through what he saw on television. Which is a lot. Which is the problem when you talk about diversity on screen and not diversity behind the behind the camera or diversity when you're writing the comic books? Because yes, you're trying to be an ally, but you're still uh, you're still approaching it from an outside experience, mm-hmm. and you yeah. can't sort of truly sort of make Black Panther a fully realized character because you may not submerge yourself in sort of that world, and that. When you are truly an ally, you sort of, all right, I'm going to find out more about this person and what's on the surface of it. Stanley's great, right? Father of comic books. I love him. I, I screamed when I met him. Right. I mean, that, <laughs> that's why he's still alive, because he's a great guy. You want to live to be 95, you got to be a good guy like Stanley. Exactly. But, you know, he it's different. Ryan Coogler directing Marvel, very, um, in probably their best move, said, we should probably get an African-American director and writer to write Black Panther. And they got Ryan Coogler, and I, it was a smart idea because he can approach it from a way that um, Joss Whedon maybe couldn't. He can see the world differently than other directors that they've had. I agree with that. I agree with that. But still, one of the things that I'm most excited about in Black Panther is the representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's about... 
a black king in a country full of black people and I mean and the actors are phenomenal like I I haven't seen I wasn't one of those people who got to see a preview you know a special preview or anything like that but the actors I already know are phenomenal they're phenomenal and there is something to be said about a film that stars a from that star the black cast where the characters are of darker skin and I don't think mm. you can deny the importance of that right? yeah. I don't think you can deny the importance of the fact that Wakanda uh, the people of Wakanda have a darker skin. That's yeah. extremely important, and you don't. It's not something you see in a movie all the time. Even a movie with a prim- primarily black cast. Right, and there's not the, the random problematic, extremely light person, like the light character who's important because that happens a lot in black television shows and black movies where, one of the important black characters is inexplicably like doesn't, is not dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. And there's really no explanation for that. Yeah, like, where'd you come from? Like, right. genetics works a certain way. It does. <laughs> not when, it, for example, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is one way. Like, isn't, I'm a little behind, isn't she her granddaughter? Right. Isn't, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is one way in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, and and she as an actress is she's a great actress, mm-hmm. but there's sort of no explanation for why she's so much lighter than everyone else. And in terms of colonialism, there is a very specific explanation as to why someone from Africa, mm-hmm. born in Africa, raised in Africa, would be that color, yeah. especially from the period of time where she's supposed to be from. Yeah. Um, so yes, that I mean it's it's very meaningful that the people that we've seen so far in the trailers and the previews, they're all brown. Yeah. It's extremely important. And Chadwick Boseman's accent, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Just I'm in love with it. And the other thing about the trailers and the previews that has been breathtaking, especially with, you know, I, I saw one, I have a friend who has a really large, like, excellent, I don't know, it's like super duper HD or whatever it is. And the lighting, the blocking, each single scene that I saw, it was like a photograph. I mean, I mean, cheekbones and noses and ears and hair texture. I could see these. And you usually don't. And the cinematographer of uh, Black Panther is the first woman this year. The first woman to ever be nominated for cinematography was nominated in 2018. Um, she was nominated for Mudbound. And she is also, she's been a cinematographer on all of Ryan Coogler's films. She was a cinematographer on mm-hmm. um, Fruitvale Station and Creed. And th- she has sort of come up learning how to light dark skin. Right? And that is so important. And it was extremely important in this movie to get a cinematographer who could light the skin, the color of these actors. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it. we've talked about this before in another episode, and that's how important it is. Because I can, I mean, I can kind of think of my personal favorite movie that has that sort of blocking and lighting, and it's Daughters of the Dust. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, Julie Dash. Yes, mm-hmm. Julie Dash. And the the lighting on, on that one is gorgeous. And when I saw the Black Panther trailer, it made me immediately think of Daughters of the Dust because it was just so stunning. 
is it so okay so is it the is it the technique that she uses or is it the equipment or is it a combination of both it's knowing how to light darker skin right um i was a film major and so one of the things that was important to me was making sure that i lit all of my characters well because more often than not somebody's going to suffer particularly when you have a cast of where people are black and so it's just knowing what light to use you can't use green on dark skin mm. It washes us out. You can't you you have to light she uses a lot of purple. Purple look purple and blues look really good on darker skin. Um and so she just knows how to make her actors look good. And that is extremely important. Mm. The other thing, because because of the lighting, because of the skill of the actors, because of the skill of the cinematographer, it also sort of recasts her name is Rachel Morrison. I wanted to make Rachel. sure. Okay. Because of Rachel's skill and everything that she's done, um, it, it recasts the way Africa has been portrayed. Now, granted, Wakanda is not a real place in Africa. Just please understand that. The president doesn't. Why? <laughs> well, you saw it was published in a, in a magazine. I'm going to find it. But someone published that Lupita was from Wakanda. Oh, her father is a governor in uh, Kenya. Well, <laughs> and they didn't know. <laughs> it was like one of the. It was like a mashup where it's like uh, you know, like sometimes in a magazine they have a retrospective where you know for over the past month this is everyone who's worn a red dress mm -hmm. and they kind of say your name and you know something about you. Lupita's something about her was that she was from Wakanda. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, but it recasts the way Africa is seen because it's a specific country because Africa is not a country. It's a continent. Are you sure? I just thought it was one giant shithole, Michelle. I, no, no, no. It, it's a place. It's a place. <laughs> that's, that's what the president told Right. Me. Nelson Mandela is rolling over. Okay. Um, so, and, and it, it highlights what could be if colonialism had not happened or had happened differently. Yeah. Uh, one of the main themes, and I've been reading reviews because we haven't been able to see it, of Black Panther is that it's... special. No one sent us tickets. It's the fact <laughs> that it deals with uh, colonialism and colonialization and how T'Challa sort of has to deal with that as a king. Right? He, more than any other superhero, his humanity is extremely important because his humanity is what sort of has the rule of the entire country, right? T'Challa is just as important as Black Panther. And to see that character be given the weight that Black Panther has is extremely important, right? He becomes a man and not just a guy in a suit. And I think one of the issues with early comics is that Black Panther was a guy in a suit. And I think as the, as the comic has expanded and we've seen it grow, um, I've re recently read the Ta-Nehisi, did I say his name right? Coates. A run of Black Panther, and it was a lot of it was about T'Challa the man, and not just Black Panther. Mm -hmm. That is that because as soon as you said that, I thought, yeah, no one, no one really cares about Bucky Buchanan. No one really has. <laughs> it's more about Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. So that is true. The yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see because even in. Captain America, yeah, some of it, you know, the the, the original one, um, some of it was about Steve Rogers, but not the parts we really cared about. No, 
I only cared about Chris Evans in his suit. After he got his um, super serum. After the super serum, before that. <laughs> Skinny Steve. <laughs> CGI Steve was not the business, but Chris Evans in his suit. Good stuff. Good, good <laughs> stuff. And we haven't even, I mean, and we're just talking that, like, my mind is blown because we haven't even seen the movie. So we have no idea about story points right now. Because if we did, we'd be spoiling them yeah. all over the place. Guys, you would know everything that happened if everything. I had seen Black Panther. I'd be sitting here fangirling all over. But I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it twice next week. So maybe after we can do, like, a quick review on some side or something. Or to be fair, I think we have to wait until April or No, May. no. Go see the movie first when you open the weekend. <laughs> If you don't, that's on you. <laughs> so we we aren't even into story points. This is so exciting, um, and I and I know from Twitter, um, there's been a lot of discussion about the lack of diversity in the cast since this is an an all black cast, which is ridiculous because I sat through six Lord of the Rings movies and I didn't see a single black person who wasn't an orc. So. Exactly. Exactly. Did somebody um, complain then? No. I think it has to do a lot with the way people are trying to see the world because I grew up knowing that I was not going to be seen. You know, when I went to see um, Indiana Jones, which I went to see all the time because I love Indiana Jones, that I was not going to be seeing. I mean, there would be one or two brown people, but, you know, I wasn't going to be seeing a majority or even halfway brown mm-hmm. cast. Um, my parents took me to see the mission, which is inexplicable and it terrified me, but that was, that was edging more towards diverse cast, but it definitely had all to do with colonialism. So we grew up knowing that. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the fact that if, whether or not you grew up seeing yourself. Yeah, like even in movies about people of color, they'd make the white guy the hero. My grandmother's favorite movie is Last of the Mohicans. Daniel Day-Lewis. My parents took me to see that too as a child. Just so you know. (laughs) I thought as a child too. And so we've seen our heroes. uh, People of color have always seen their heroes cast as white people. Right? And so... Dances with wolves. Yep. Yeah. Native Americans have been screwed over most in this trend, I think. <sighs> Kevin Costner, really? Um, yeah. But we've sort of become accustomed to that. Whereas when white people don't see themselves as a hero, it's it's jarring. Right? It can be jarring when you don't see yourself as a hero and you've only ever seen yourself as a hero. hero. It was the same thing with Wonder Woman. Guys couldn't comprehend a movie where they are not the hero. Uh. Michael, yeah. well, do you want to contribute as the guy here? I mean, I don't understand why you can't see yourself as a hero in any other human being. Why is it that hard? Mm. Mm. That's interesting. So, oh, okay, so that is interesting. Why can't, just because, you know, just because you're, you know, I'm not um, Frodo, doesn't mean I can't imagine myself as a hero through Frodo, which I'm sure I did. But we, I we, we've always Green. done that, right? I've always had to imagine myself as a hero who didn't look like me. I was Buffy Summers, right? I am not Buffy Summers, right? So I was always able, but I thought I had a stake and I was going to marry Angel. 
despite the fact <laughs> that I look, look nothing like Buffy Summers, because I've been conditioned to see myself as people who don't necessarily look like me. Uh, but when you haven't been conditioned to do that, when you haven't had to do that your entire life, because you've always been the hero, it's a little bit different. So did you did you watch a lot of movies like, God, I don't know, Roots? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because that's a, I mean, the way that you said that, even for me, it was like, oh, that is true. Like, well, I just meant like, why can't I watch Wonder Woman and not see myself in the heroine? You can, because you're a person who has sort of like taken stock of yourself. So, you know, this is stupid. I can see myself in this person. But there are fanboys who simply can't, right? They can't, they've gone their whole lives of, Luke Skywalker, and now the thought of Ray being the lead is an issue. So it's just you've always seen yourself on the screen, and so it becomes difficult for you to sort of change your perception of what you should be, who should be up there. You, you Everybody becomes a social justice warrior because a woman can now wield a lightsaber instead of Luke. Yeah. And, it's, but, and that's an, inter- it's an interesting thought process because I guess what you're saying, it, Michael, is that you're actually looking at, I mean, you're looking at Wonder Woman, of course, appreciating her as Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, but also seeing that she's brave and she's intelligent and you're seeing those characteristics, not necessarily saying, you know, um, I I can't be the hero here because I don't have some tits. I mean... I mean, I'd rather be Wonder Woman than the jackass that's, like, saying she's the secretary. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a very... That's, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Can I, did you feel any, and I'm, I'm saying Wonder Woman because of women, and you know, when you saw Wonder Woman, did you feel any differently watching Wonder Woman than when you saw any other superhero movie, Michelle? I mean, Gal, Gal Gadot is really hot. So, <laughs> maybe a little bit. I mean, um, you know, Ben Affleck is Batman. He's okay, yeah, all right. But, uh, it was pretty, but it was, it was, oh, she was so badass. She was so badass. It was like, oh my God. And I, it's not Gal Gadot. For me, again, I was Buffy Summers. Watching Buffy, the Vampire Slayer TV show as a kid, I was like, oh my God, here's a teenage girl and she Mm -hmm. has real problems and she's sort of saving the world. And so for me, that meant a lot, right? Seeing Storm means a lot to me. Yes. And so although I can relate to other characters, I can definitely feel like Iron Man in that suit, right? I can definitely see myself in Tony Stark, unfortunately. (laughs) But, it was still important for me to see, it still is important for me to see a storm that I actually like. Wink, wink, Disney, since you know all Marvel, give me that. A storm that doesn't suck. (laughs) So, if I see that character, if I see storm fully realize, that means something to me in a different Mm -hmm. way than but even Buffy Summers did, and I love Buffy Summers. She's my favorite television character of all time. I think we might be onto something. Because mm-hmm. it, sound, it sounds like, because what I'm hearing is that, like, I mean, it's not like we're not seeing the person up on the screen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's like we're seeing not only that person, but the characteristics and it in a split second, you know, translating that to ourselves without just having to say like, oh, I could, you know, I could be Wonder Woman because, again, I've got some tits. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like, beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. 
Yeah. All right. That's deep, man. That's deep. <laughs> that's why we're doing podcasts. That's what. Bla- that's why Black Panther is important. It is. It's just. It's so exciting. Like it's. I could just sit here and say it's exciting for I, the next five minutes. Cause I'm so- excited to see boys dressed up as Black Panther for Halloween or girls dressed up as Black Panther for Halloween. Just as, as excited I was to see girls dressed up as Wonder Woman last Halloween. Yes. Like, that's going to be the biggest, like, to see something other than Superman or Batman, who I also love, but to see more characters out there that other kids can sort of look up to. Because as a comic book fan, a lot of my heroes growing up were my favorite comic, my favorite superhero is Batman, always Mm -hmm. has been. And so, again, I am not a rich playboy millionaire, but I can still see myself in Bruce Wayne. And... but maybe if Black Panther had been out before Bruce Wayne, he'd be the most famous superhero of all time. Mm. So that's why it's sort of important for kids to see these different versions of comic book characters, I think. I agree. It's awesome. It's it just awesome. Although, some people don't feel it's too awesome. Uh, because as you many of you recognize, Black Panther also shares name with an organization um, that was prevalent during the 60s and 70s called the Black Panther Party, um, which was led by Huey Newton and Bobby Seale and originated in Oakland, California in 1966. And a lot of things were bubbling, clearly, in 1966. But that's the year after Malcolm X was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. So it's it's like between 65 and 70 was this huge crucible um, with... Well, of course, Kennedy getting shot in 63, Malcolm X in 65, and then Martin Luther King in 68. Um, and the Black Panther Party was, I will admit, very a very violent group. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say that they were a terrorist group. And I've thought about that because with suddenly and horribly the reemergence of Nazis and the Klan... I consider both of those terrorist groups, and I don't personally consider the Black Panther Party a terrorist group. Now, and and the reason I bring this up is because some of you may not remember, but in 2016, there was a young lady named Amanda Stevens on a um, United Airlines flight, and she had on a Black Panther cap, Black Panther the character. The pilot felt uncomfortable and asked her to take off her cap or leave the plane. So clearly there is a resonating sense that the Black Panthers were inappropriate. They did publicly carry weapons at a time when African Americans did not carry weapons. They sponsored shoe giveaways. They sponsored daily breakfast for poor kids. But I think that in popular culture, what they're mostly known for is some of their extremely violent shootouts with police. And I've heard them compared to the Klan. I don't know. I don't know if y'all have. No. I have. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because I spent a lot of years researching both groups. The Klan emerged after the Civil War for a while um, during Reconstruction it sort of became it sort of went to sleep for a moment and then it reemerged um in the early 20th century as black people were becoming more educated more informed um of course you had 
World War One about to happen, which black soldiers did fight in. My grandfather fought in World War One. Um, and when they went abroad to fight in World War One, they became exposed to Europe and a lot of different places where attitudes were different towards black people. And so the Klan reemerged sort of as a power to reintegrate blacks into the segregation of America. Um, it was almost a para-police body. Um, while the Black Panthers were different because in a lot of places, the police were not there to protect black folks, which is sort of what we've seen in Luke Cage mm -hmm. and Black Lightning, that sort of theme that it's not that the police are bad, they're, but they're some, just not there. Right. They're not there. And some of them are bad. Yeah. So the Black Panthers emerged and, and granted even they admit, Huey Newton admitted in his book, War Against the Panthers, Bobby Seale has admitted that they did a lot of drugs, they carried a lot of guns, and they cussed a whole hell of a lot. And that alienated them from sort of the mainstream civil rights movement. But I would just caution those who feel like, you know, this is a very uncomfortable period. It's very uncomfortable that it's called Black Panther. I just feel uncomfortable with the Panthers to contextualize what they did into the history of the time. Because a lot of these young men and women, and they were very young, um, in the 60s, I would say that most of these people were in their 20s, maybe some in their 30s, but most of them were in their 20s and some even in their teens. They had grown up listening to Malcolm X and all of a sudden he's gone. And at the time, it wasn't really clear why. So I would just, I would just urge those of you who feel nervous about the film being called Black Panther to do some reading, do some checking, and don't just follow behind the opinions of others. Oh, and I'm going to piggyback on that before we wrap it up. You brought up sort of the idea of not the police not being in the community. Mm. And I think that even looking at how these sh the shows, and I'm going to go back to Luke Cage and mm -hmm. Black Lightning, mm -hmm. how they operate now, the saviors of the community, Black Lightning in particular, is still seen as an enemy of the police. Yeah. Right? Black Lightning is a vigilante. The police don't like him despite the fact that those in the community do like him. And so even now, these characters are still sort of pitted against the police. Mm -hmm. And so not to make the Black Panthers into superheroes or whatever, but sort of the dynamic is still, even from history into comics, that dynamic is still there, yeah. particularly when the character is black. Yeah. The character and the police are often at odds with one another. Mm -hmm. And in different ways than sort of the character, uh, Batman has Commissioner Gordon, right? He's with the police. And oftentimes mm -hmm. you see in comic books, the black characters are sort of at odds with the police, even though they're, even if they're both going towards the same goal. Absolutely. The, the, I mean, I just really honestly can't say enough about Luke Cage and Black Lightning for sort of presenting a more nuanced look at the black community. Because if you remember in Luke Cage, Cottonmouth, he was, he was a bad dude, but he also did some good things. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing in Black Lightning. You've got these huge criminal bosses, but they still do some good things, um, which is something that, you know, in minority communities we're familiar with. You have drug dealers who, you know, hand out shoes or give away hams or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know what that I don't I don't know what that does to a person's understanding of right and wrong. But it affects it. It's I I briefly worked uh, at a public defender's office and one of the things I saw were young people sort of I need food, this person's offering it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something bad, but I'm doing it for a reason that is a necessity. And that's reality. Right. Yeah. That's sort of something you you look at every day. Um, and I think Luke K, Black, Black Lightning is sort of, the first the first episode was sort of very on the nose, but as the series goes on, it's a much more subtle show yeah. in showing how violence works and how people come through the ranks. I won't talk too much about it because I'm not going to spoil that. Just like I can't spoil Black Panther because I haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry for my oversimplified what? semi-elitist response like oh no. I don't have a problem no, no. That, it made sense because <laughs> it was like you know what I'm saying because no. I realized that's what I do like when I look at Frodo I'm like man hell yeah Frodo's a badass it's not like because I'm I... like oh he has curly hair and so do I it's like he's brave but he's scared and all this shit it wasn't elitist it was I didn't think so you sort of get what a lot of fanboys don't which is that wait a minute I'm not this person anyway why can't I see myself in anyone right and a lot of fanboys don't but what's happening in their induction to the world that they feel like they can only identify with someone who's like super similar? I don't know. They're, I don't know. But like, if there's a reason that they're trying to like bomb the Rotten Tomatoes page with bad reviews. Yeah. Michelle, can you guess which '90s TV character I most identified with? Yvonne Slater knows. from Saved by the Bell. He looks like a Slater to you? I don't know. I know. Um, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the that's not the 90s. Now I'm starting to get the nice confused. I was about to be like Alex P. Keaton. That okay, it's going bad now. It's going bad. Michael most identified with Urkel. Really? Of course. Aww. <laughs> that's so sweet. Yes, and so. So when th- talking about people you could identify with, Michael was able to identify with a nerdy Aww. black Chicagoan who didn't get the girl he loved until the very, very end. Oh, but I always hated him for that. <laughs> <laughs> he was so obsessed with Laura. And he had Myra. I mean, come on. He did have he Myra. Myra. He did have Myra. R.I.P. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. She was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He was an idiot. He was an idiot. Yeah. Michael's not an idiot. No, Michael would have taken Myra and be like, yay! Bye, Laura! <laughs> this is our Black Panther episode. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. So psyched about seeing this movie. So, um, of course, if you would like to come back and check out our spoiler episode, which obviously we're doing, um, please find us on Twitter and Instagram at Black Anxiety, Apple Podcasts, of course, Black Anxiety. We are blackxiety at gmail.com and of course you can find us at blackxiety.com I am Michelle I'm Yvonne and as always I am Michael who's our international man of mystery thank you so much for listening thank you talk later <laughs>